she used to always ask, why do you watch every Sunday? Because it seems (laughs) like you hate it. (laughs) It's like, I do hate it, but I love it. Sports. It's the best and worst addiction. Welcome to the Windy City Wingers podcast, your one-stop shop for all things Chicago football. That includes Chicago Fire, Chicago Red Stars, and now the Bears. Bears. And, of course, a trip across the globe for a soccer update from all over the world. My name is Alex Herman, and I'm joined, as always, by Brady Olson and Dave Kolichkowski. Boys, how are we doing? I am relieved. The USA got three points in Honduras. We're not going to talk about it too much. It was so long ago, but even that game didn't look like it was going to go right. So three points. I feel so much better. (laughs) Yes, I feel great. Good. And then for your, uh, you know, weekly dose of pessimism, um, the fire (laughs) brought us right back down. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Boy, did they ever. Good start. (laughs) Quick shout out to Ian Scarlato, running things behind the glass, cleaning up our podcast, making it the fine audio product that it is each and every week. Thank you to Jen Bennett, who's been helping us run our social medias. So it was a big weekend for soccer. The international break is done. Premier League is back. MLS is back. And the NFL is now back. Different kind wow. of football. Yeah. Stuff. All of that was happening Saturday uh, and Sunday. NFL didn't play on Saturday, obviously, but that started on Thursday. So soccer, football, football, soccer, all weekend long. Ooh, double screens. It's double screen season. <laughs> also tennis. Djokovic lost the That's calendar right. slam. Of course, I'm the one that wants to talk about that and no one else. So we'll move on. Sure. Tell us about that. (laughs) You know, I really enjoyed watching the semifinals, actually. Or was it quarterfinals? That was the semis with Joker and Zverev. That was was a great setter. It was fantastic. Yeah. Great match. No, I really enjoyed watching it. Not as much as I enjoyed Sunday, even though the Vikings looked pretty pathetic in that first (laughs) half. Uh, and didn't come away with a week one victory. I am just happy that football is back. And the NFC North overall went 0 for 4. <laughs> yeah. Excellent. We're all in the same spot. <laughs> yeah. So we're all we started. So what's helping me move on is basically what that was, especially for the NFC North, is that was preseason week four. Mm-hmm. It was every team going out there and getting the final, knocking that final amount of rust off ready for next week. Because I mean, at least looking at the Vikings, as you both know, that offense looked like it had not played uh, more than two series together and they hadn't. So they needed it. 
I think a lot of teams did. Uh, looking at the highlights that, yes, I watched all of them because <laughs> I'm obsessed and it's back. A lot of touchdowns seem to be sloppy defense more than offenses oh, yeah. humming. There was a ton of really sloppy defenses. So I think, you know, uh, this is this is adaptation for every NFL team is they're not used to getting started yet. I'm happy that they're making the switch and it'll be fun. Yeah. Hopefully better results next week, but. Hey, I mean, we gifted the Rams really two touchdowns. So, Hey, uh-huh. whatever. <laughs> that still wouldn't have been enough to win. Yeah. I'm happy for he, Stafford that he has a good team behind him now. Yes, that's true. <laughs> no, no Brady. Yeah, Brady, I, Brady I, still doesn't like him. No nope. love lost for stat Patford, <laughs> but we can. We can leave that alone. <laughs> we'll come back to it. Give you give yourself a couple weeks and away from his victory over your team, and you'll see how happy. <laughs> All right. Enough about the NFL. Moving on to the NWSL. This week, the Chicago Red Stars played the Houston Dash. Came away with a 1-1 tie. I think... Let's dive right into the analysis here. And the first big thing to note from this game is the first goal, which came for the dash in the 22nd minute. And it was Rachel Daly who put that goal in. Yeah, it came from a long ball, a little bit disappointing. Uh, Christy Mewis had too much time. Uh, Ball goes over Davidson's head, who really should win this. However, simply loses a battle and... Daly is in on goal, 1v1 at the goalkeeper, smacks it by her, pretty nice finish. I thought Davidson would be able to deal with this, so a little surprised at that. And next one, I'll bet she puts her butt into the attacking player, and down she goes. Yep. We'll carry right into the second half, because at the very start, Campbell, the goalkeeper for the dash, denies Pew twice. Really nice reaction saves, really point blankers. The first one was sort of a our own long ball over the top that Pew probably should have finished, but still great save. And then both shots were on target. I can't be too unhappy about that. We've been talking about shot conversions with the Red Stars, putting them on target. I have to be happy with that. Rory Dames made a couple of key subs in this game. DiBernardo replaced Hill at half, and then Colaprico replaced Katie Johnson a little bit later. Both of those players are key for the Red Stars goal later on in the game. Yes, and speaking of, it was not until the 77th minute that the Red Stars answered with a goal of their own. Casey Kruger for the Red Stars ties it up one to one. It's a couple in a row for Kruger. Uh, Di Bernardo won the ball in midfield, so one of the subs, immediate impact. Sends Pew away on a breakaway who gets fouled from behind right at the top of the box, almost a penalty, but right at the top of the box. Colaprico takes the free kick, solid attempt on goal, but Campbell denies another red star of a goal, but the save falls right to Kruger's feet, who puts it away. Uh, Good finish for her. As a whole, the team was 76% accurate with their passing. Not great. And it's been one of the red stars weaknesses a little bit better, and I think the Red Stars keep the ball for just that one more shot that maybe we put on goal. Could have, you know, just influenced the game that much. Not the exact result we want. I'm still growing accustomed to ties happening, and you just have to be okay (laughs) with them. It's nice that it's 
it's better than a loss, but at this point, we really need the Red Stars to be winning games. Um, would like to move up into, you know, one of those top two spots. Be guaranteed for the semifinals. Yeah. Playoff mm-hmm. berth. Playoff berth is okay, though. Yep. And right now, that's where the Red Stars are sitting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a little scary because, you know, they have that game, like extra game played over all, everybody below them, though. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. It's tighter than it looks. So yeah, we definitely yep. need to scooch on up there and get some safety and get consistent results week to week. Agreed. That's for sure. And we have a long break here before our next game for the Red Stars, which is going to be against the Portland Thorns, who are currently sitting at the top yeah, of the bracket. Nasty. Yes, Portland Thorns, very good soccer team. They will be playing the Red Stars Saturday, September 25th at 7 p.m. What is the reason for the break here? I don't know. Or is it just scheduling? That's just the way it worked out. I think that there's an international friendly break for the women's clubs because there is a women's game for the U.S. women's national team. Goodbye, Carly Lloyd games, kind of. Oh, yes, that's Mm -hmm. right. I remember now. Definitely have to tune in for that one. So make sure to tune in on the 25th. That'll be a big, big game against the Thorns. They are nasty. However, I'd like to see the Red Stars at least compete, get ready for the playoffs uh, as they are, you know, coming around the corner eventually. Play one of those teams that we're probably going to be looking at if we want to make a run in the playoffs. Yeah, and we'll we'll give them a nice breakdown, a nice preview next week. Dear listener, don't you worry. We'll tell yeah. you exactly how the Red Stars are going to win against the Portland Thorns. Oh, boy. Moving on to the men of Chicago. The Chicago Dumpster. Fire. Uh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Bring back the sting. Not, <laughs> not a good effort from the Chicago fire this week. They played sporting Kansas city. They lost zero to two. Honestly thought the sports gods determined that this was necessary, like a necessary sacrifice for the bears to just have a remotely interesting game. And that didn't even happen. So obviously, mm. you know, <laughs> I guess the red stars had to lose too. And that was the last piece or what, but you know, whatever. Yeah. I'm over yeah. It. embarrassing bleeping. They embarrassing. Said- He said, we'll give you a Red Stars tie, but for that, the Bears shall suffer. Yes. (laughs) Not great. (laughs) It could have been worse, to be perfectly fair. It could have been worse, but not much. Uh, So first half of the fire game, uh, not not great. Not good at all. Yeah. In fact, the first 10 minutes were a nightmare. So, (laughs) Although... It was actually the fire that came out with the first good look at a goal. In the third minute of the game, it was a header opportunity for Herbers, saved by Malia uh, of Sporting KC. I do wish that we could stay on the like you know optimistic train, but even the fact that this is Herbers getting ahead on this ball <laughs> and not Barrett, just someone we pay to you know like score goals, yeah, I, even that ticked me off in this play. Like, yes, mm. we got a shot on target early. Maybe things are going to work out okay. But in my head, I'm going, why is Barrett not the one on the ball? Right. Why? I just don't mm. understand. Yeah, Very it's been point. interesting to watch everyone else take shots and not him. So I'm not, I'm not sure if that's a function of system or if he's just not, he's not in it right now. I don't know. It was 
obviously Kansas City that struck first, and it was in the fourth minute. So right after that opportunity, good look for Chicago. It is Maury that gets the first goal for Kansas City. And it really is a gift from Shuttleworth directly to (laughs) Jose. It is a routine save that just squeezes between his legs. All I can really think to do there is a big, huge face palm. It is such a simple save to have. Doesn't have it. Kansas City up one nothing. We've talked all season about how Shuttleworth has been saving our butts. He's been one of our most consistent players. And instead, even he's in on the self-debilitating fun. It's terrible. Not good. Two minutes later, in the sixth minute, Kansas City's going to score again. This time it is Russell that puts it away. Shallowy has a hell of a run. Uses his speed to outpace Pineda. Uses his strength to outman Pineda. So Pineda just kind of gets handled here all over the place. Gets a beautiful shot off that is saved by Shuttleworth. Bounces right to Russell. Wide open look. Puts it in. Kansas City is up two to nothing. Not even six minutes into this match. Yeah, I don't know. I, I felt like the next, you know, 20 minutes or so were terrible too. So my uh, tweet for this first half was, it's a Christmas level miracle. It's not 5-0 right now. So <laughs> I was Follow just... Follow him at upset. WCW yeah. Dave. <laughs> yeah, yep. plug my Twitter. Uh, plug it. I think, Herman, you're totally right in noticing Pineda being slow and out-muscled for this goal. It really, yeah. as far as a fire rebuild is concerned, it's really critical that Pineda kind of hits. And he has been less than convincing for the past few games for me. I was just going to give you pats on the back there, Brady, because you called that out like a few weeks ago. Like, do we bench Pineda at this point? And uh, my answer was no, like, just let it play out. Yeah, I think we should bench Pineda like very soon and just kind of let him reset. And hopefully he's not a lost cause based on what we've been seeing so far. But it is kind of scary considering this summer, you're, we were all kind of thinking, hey, this guy might be a big deal. You know, he was playing for the younger um, men's national team and looked exciting. But Well, hopefully he at least finishes out the half okay. Is that the case? Uh, no, not at all. Polito for Kansas City has an opportunity in the 43rd minute to put the score to 3 nothing Kansas City. He megs Pineda, mm. hits a banger from the top of the box that thankfully hits the post and bounces off. But this, that easily could have made it three to zero. And Pineda is the main one to blame there. And Pineda is off at half. <laughs> yeah, probably the right move. But should probably not start. That's what I'm saying. Perhaps <laughs> Definitely not. Definitely not start. Perhaps <laughs> not. <laughs> so second half of the game was not as exciting as the first half of the game because no goals were scored. However, both teams did have opportunities Good looks, good shots, but no goals. The only exciting thing for me uh, in the second half was the debut of Federico Navarro. That's yep. The only good part for me. Uh, he definitely levels up our midfield uh, from the very little bit that we got to see from him. But he's a true number six. He looked very comfortable in the defensive spots. He's twitchy. Like he wants to win the ball. He wants to be the first person to the ball. He wants to fill spaces. I liked that about him. He also wants the ball while he's surrounded when we're in possession. He's very confident in that, and that's a good thing for a six, as long as he's not losing it in terrible spots. 
But if he's pulling people towards him, that just opens up the field for other people around him. And ideally, you want to see him playing the six, Jimenez in front of him, and then Madron in front of Jimenez. And that's ideally our perfect midfield. Jimenez has been hurt for much of this season. And, you know, Madron, we're not sure which is his best position at this point. It's been interesting to see him play the six. So, you know, Federico gives just levels up our midfield. Looking ahead for the fire, Wednesday, September 15th, 6.30, Wednesday night game against DC United. Then on Sunday, September 19th at noon, same time the Bears play. They are playing Montreal. It's one of those weird weeks where the Wednesday game we can't truly preview because this episode will be out yes. by the time that game is played. However, mm-hmm. we are going to watch that one closely and give you sort of a breakdown next week on our next episode. Montreal is an interesting game for the fire. They play also play a back three, but it's a much more game control oriented, whereas ours is more of kind of chaos oriented, perhaps by design or perhaps not. Um, Montreal are hard to break down and then can be pretty lethal on the counter as well. Uh, you guys remember Georgi Mihailovic. It'll be good to see him. Yeah. He's their main playmaker. Victor Wanyama controls the midfield for them. Uh, you know, that one will be an interesting one because perhaps it's good to play them at home because they won't feel like they can just sit back. But again, we have not been good on the road, so I'm just talking myself in circles. Woohoo! Always fun. Your mind is like a NASCAR race. Around and around, around and around and around and around and around. It'll be fine. Oh, no, it won't. It'll be fine. It won't. It'll be <laughs> Oh, he's dead. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Game of the week. All Moment right. you've all been waiting for. Yes, I know it. Love these breakdowns. Last week, we chose Napoli versus Juventus. Juve as our game of the week. Going over to Italy for some soccer, football. Serie A action. Serie A. Napoli came away with the victory two to one, which means Dave won the predictions. (laughs) Congratulations. You left yourself a lengthy note in the outline. That's all you're going to get. Oh, no, that was your line. You wrote it. Wow. Nice. Well done. Yeah, you Dave. are clever. Well done. <laughs> you oh, did it. <laughs> Brad, you Shall love I? Italian soccer because of the different formations and how they do things over there. You talk about Catanaccio all the time. Give it to us. Arguably too much. Okay. <laughs> Napoli started out with a 4 2 3 1 lineup. Uh, Di Lorenzo outright, Manolas, Koulibaly at center back, Mario Rui at left back, uh, Ruiz, Zambo and Guisa as those defensive midfielders, Elif Elmas at attacking mid, Politano and Insigne were the wingers, and Osimhen is a Nigerian striker, uh, played the number nine. Elif Elmas is a Macedonian player, 21-year-old attacking threat. Uh, Victor Osimhen, like I said, Nigerian. He is on every every club's radar right now. Very good scorer, very physically built and fast. He's a good player. And then we all saw Lorenzo and Sinja play at the Euros. Mm-hmm. We know that he is a 
high-quality player. Juve had a much harder to decipher lineup, but I called it a 4-4-2. Rabio, Locatelli, and McKenney played in the midfield three, played like an eight, six, and eight respectively. But then when Napoli had the ball, they would slide to the left, slide to the left, and Bernadeschi would drop into the midfield at the right side. So he played kind of like this quasi-midfielder winger thing that I didn't really understand because he didn't get much on the ball and I didn't, you know, a lot of things were happening there. It was DeCilio, Bonucci, Chiellini, Pellegrini, and defense. Like I said, McKinney, Locatelli, Rabio in the midfield, and then Bernadeschi playing that quasi right side midfield thing. Kulusevsky played a sort of second forward and Morata played the number nine. That's a pretty good lineup. That's a pretty solid stacked Juventus team. Uh, Napoli, I feel like, should be beaten here by a better Juve team, except they're playing at home. Juve had lots of movement um, around their formation. You know, Napoli's was much more 4-2-3-1. This is how we're playing. Whereas Juve relies a lot on McKenney to bypass the forwards and then pop up in unexpected places and then connect with someone maybe. I'm not sure. However, Juve sat back very far in this game. So a little bit of here, Napoli have the ball. And Hmm. so just a lot of thoughts going in place into one game. It's very Italian. (laughs) Nice. And it was not long before Juventus actually started off the scoring here. In the 10th minute, Morata had the goal on a play that I'm sure made every Napoli fan in Italy scream with fury. And every fire fan have crazy flashbacks. Yes. yes. Either inexcusable or inexplicable. Not sure which. Kosas Manolas dwells on the ball after receiving it from a throw-in right around his box. And Morata just nicks it off of him and is in on goal immediately. Easy chip finish over David Ospina. Mm-hmm. Sloppy, sloppy, sloppy stuff from Napoli here. Uh, lame first goal. Lame. And I just have to say that Juventus isn't that good and they don't deserve to be up this easily. So (laughs) just tragic start, but you know, that happens and I'm used to seeing it. So I guess I'm not shocked. (laughs) And Juve almost has another one shortly after this 24th minute. Kulusevsky has an opportunity. So I said that Juve sat back, but they took the moments when they had comfortable possession to move up as a team. This was one of those rare moments where everyone on Juve was in the Napoli half. Uh, pass inside from Rabio to Kulusevsky. It was a really nice ball. Murata makes a nice wide run and uh, receives a pass from Kulusevsky, who makes a late run and back into the box. And this is a pretty good save from Espina, a one-time touch from Kulusevsky. This could have easily been 2 nothing to Juve. And it almost could have been 3 nothing at the end of the half because Napoli in the 43rd minute almost gives up another goal from a mistake in their own half. Mm -hmm. Sloppy, sloppy, sloppy. More flashbacks. Uh, Politano (laughs) thinks he's fouled. He definitely wasn't. Falls to the ground. Everyone (laughs) on the field stops, except for Kulisevsky, who gives it to Murata and sends in a hopeful cross. There wasn't really a Juve player in there. I'm not sure why. He just kind of panicked. But then Napoli also panic. Don't really clear the ball. And Insignia incredibly cleverly heads the ball backwards into his own box. And then Kulusevsky on Juve is alive, gets the ball first, 
but Espina coming out smothers the ball. It was just chaos from a very good team where this shouldn't be happening. Yeah, it was weird. For me, this uh, first half was super painful. Uh, I had flipped over to the Aston Villa Chelsea game uh, during halftime yeah, for 10 minutes. Buddy. And I have to say that I just really liked watching Aston Villa much more than I liked watching any of this game. And they, you know, they were much more interesting attacking wise. Um, but thankfully, you know, the second half of this game was much different. So sure. I think the early goal really muddied this game up. Juve just sat really far back and broke forward when they could which leads to kind of boring games, especially when you do have as good a defense as Juve has. I thought it was really hard to analyze Juventus. They would sit back and counter to a point where then they'd then get the team forward. If McKenney would go, Bernadeschi would come back. But then if McKenney would go, then he'd be out of position and would kind of return slowly. And Bernadeschi never really got on the ball. It didn't really make any sense to me. Napoli really gave Juventus most of their opportunities. However, I really liked Napoli's balance. When the ball was on one side, the near side outside back would slide up the field. And then the opposite side outside back would come back to the center back. So they always had real solid defense back there, even when they had the ball. If the wingers were high and wide, the outside backs would underlap. But once possession was more comfortable and also closer to the final third, the wingers would pinch inside and then the outside backs would then overlap. It was just really nice. Like everyone kind of knew where to be when, when one person would make a move, the other person would make a complimentary move. I thought that as long as they stopped giving the ball to Juventus, Napoli looked like the better side. Interesting how that works. When you stop turning the ball over and giving the other team opportunities, Mm -hmm. you tend to look a little better. Mm -hmm. Works in all sports. Going into the second half, Brad, I know you noticed some changes uh, that Napoli made right out the gate. I was concerned that they were going to change the shape because Italian teams tend to do that. Uh, The only change they made was Unas came in for Elmas. Love the sound of the names. These aren't players I know too, too well. Uh, This is an Algerian replacing a Macedonian. Fun stuff. We're learning new names and (laughs) new ways to play. (laughs) Yeah, nice. uh, I felt like Napoli, while they only made that one change and like they didn't change their formation as much, it was more of, um, I don't know, just they came out with a much better energy and a, a much like more quick pace uh, vibe to it. Um, and mm-hmm. Insigne, um, I don't know, he was just a pleasure for for me to watch like that entire like second half. It reminded me of mm-hmm. him playing for Italy. Um so it's just, I don't know, just as soon as they were more attacking and threatening, like the game just kind of took off from there. Uh, Insigne mm-hmm. was a little selfish, but he created a lot of really cool opportunities and that made this game for me. So Yeah, yeah. you want someone like Insigne yeah. to be selfish. And while they didn't really change their shape, they changed how they were doing it. They started, Napoli, this started to play asymmetrically, very similar to Italy and the Euros, which happened to unlock Insigne in the right moment. Basically, their left back, Mario Rui, pushed way up the field. And then the right cent- the right back just became a right center back, essentially. So whenever they had the ball, it kind of became a three back. Left back would push way up high, which pushes Insigne inside. And as we've all seen, he loves to be in there, pushes him a little bit deeper. And then he can get the ball in better spots and 
more unpredictable spots. And when he has space, he can put the ball in that upper 90. Mm-hmm. In the 57th minute, Napoli ties the game up. It is Politano, Politano. who has a great cleanup putback goal after a save from Uve. Fabian Ruiz finds Insigne at the corner of the box who hits a nice bender. It is savable. Chesney goes to catch instead of punching, however, and the ball drops right to the feet of Politano. And this is why you punch instead of catch unless you know for a fact you're making the catch. Yeah, that decision was awful. You really screwed it up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I, I don't know. Like, I was just shocked that Politano got to it, though, and was able to, like, twist his body and get it past the yeah. keeper still. Even with the, it was the sloppy play, finish. it was kind of crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, Chesney really gets was. up quick and closes it down. Yeah. But right, when yeah. you, as a goalkeeper and as, as a coach, when you leave your feet, you are pushing the ball wide and out of bounds. Like you want it past the post and out of bounds. Don't give up a rebound here. There's no reason to. No. Unfortunate. It's not all bad for Juventus though. In the 59th minute, McKenney has a shot that just, just skips wide. It was really nice interchange between him and Kulisevsky. Mm -hmm. However, it wasn't from Juve creating. It was from Napoli giving the ball away again. Sensing a common theme here. Even though it seems like Napoli tried to do everything they could to give Juventus the ball and the opportunities to win this game, a 85th minute goal from Koulibaly wins the game for Napoli. It killed my hopes of winning the predictions this week as I had it down for a 1-1 tie. But another putback goal for Napoli gives them the lead. And Juventus could not answer before the game was over. What is it with these phantom defensive headers? Moise Keane <laughs> has a free header, plenty of time in his own six-yard box. But he might have forgotten which goal he's shooting at. Uh, heads it down and on goal, on his own goal. Chesney flaps at it. And the rebound goes right to Koulibaly. <laughs> yeah. Also, the celebration of this goal was so wild. Right? Um, yeah. <laughs> Kulabali takes uh, one of the camera guys' cameras and just starts taking pictures of the crowd. And just, uh, <laughs> I love it. There's a pandemic going on. You can't do that. <laughs> I like that one. I've not seen that one before. It was pretty cool. It was. It was I like it. <laughs> so aftermath of the game of the week, Dave, clear takeaway. Yeah. You love yeah. Italian soccer, don't you? Yeah, not at all. Italian soccer doesn't do it for me. <laughs> okay. Uh, all right. The national team has become a lot more interesting uh, as of this last tournament. It's just not as thrilling as the Premier League. I'd say the Premier League is a much deeper watch. I'd say 15 of the 20 teams fascinate me, and I get excited while watching their games. Can't say that about any other league, period. <laughs> Ooh, period, except I'm going to change it to a comma because I slightly disagree. <laughs> <laughs> no, not allowed. This game notwithstanding, however, it's not a great example. Uh, again, I think the early goal did crush this game a little bit and make it very slow. And Juve was just trying to shut up shop. I would agree with you. The premise deeper for sure. There's simply more money and there's more reward for making the Premier League and staying in the Premier League. However, the Prem still has that home versus away. You get the away team sitting in and countering. And for me, a lot of times it's even simpler than some of the Italian schemes that come in. It's just like, we're Mm. here. We're not changing our shape. This is it. 
and we'll throw in subs at the end and maybe steal a goal at the end. Even in this game, Napoli made sort of a uh, an adaptation to their formation. Juve totally changed it once they got scored on. They changed to a straight up three back and we're trying to do some weird stuff with it. Um, yeah, I just think that this game was hurt by an early goal. I do understand that. I mean, the Premier League is my favorite league It is for a reason, but let's not, you know, it's not too bad in Italy. We've got some good teams. All the striped <laughs> teams are pretty great and Juve will get better throughout the season. That makes sense, Brad. And I can also see, just knowing both of you, it makes sense. Dave, you like the shootouts. You like big action-oriented games. Brad, you and I have spoken about the fact that you and I can watch a defense-heavy NFL Mm. game and enjoy it where a lot of people don't. But if there are tactics involved, you love it. And Italian soccer seems to be very heavy tactics and it's a ton of thinking different. <laughs> yeah. Right. So it makes sense. Both very good. I enjoyed getting a glimpse of my first Serie A game. I'm glad. I found it interesting. However, not a fan of the Juventus jerseys. Mm. I hated that. <laughs> really did not like them. I thought they were very ugly. I disagree. The old lady <laughs> of the Italian league. They've been around forever. It's always been that. It looks Can't like mess it. with tradition. Yep. You certainly can. <laughs> Except for that one year where they did, you know, like the squares of like black and white instead of the stripes. And that was a mistake. So they messed with it and it was wrong. <laughs> Agreed. <laughs> Speaking of tradition, let's look to the EPL for some updates from our teams. Tottenham, what happened this weekend? <laughs> Sheesh. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So this was a 3 nothing loss to Crystal Palace. Uh, did you nice. guys see the Brazil versus Argentina craziness? No? Let me go into it. So we've got Spurs <laughs> controversy. Oh, yeah. Rochelso, Christian oh, Romero. Yeah. Uh, and then there were yeah. several other Argentina players went to Brazil to play a World Cup qualifier. Brazil requires a quarantine, a minimum of like something like 10 to 14 days. It makes sense of quarantine from anyone coming into the country unless you fill out specific paperwork, blah, blah, blah. No one filled out said paperwork. And several mm-hmm. of these Argentine players just went to go play this qualifier, just thinking it was going to be fine. FIFA slash health officials come running onto the field seven minutes into the game and just the whole yeah. thing has to stop. They abandon the wow. game. So just craziness in Conmebol. Ball. Meanwhile, come to learn that all these players lied on the paperwork because none of their clubs gave them permission to go play these World Cup qualifying games. Wow. So Spurs mm. did not grant permission to Lo Celso, Romero, or Sanchez for Colombia to play and <laughs> to travel. <laughs> so That's not crazy. great. Those players are receiving fines. Uh, as far as the Palace game... Offensively, we were quite boring. However, we had our starters out there. Kane played like it should have been better. And then defensively, half of our players were are now being fined and disciplined and had to quarantine anyway. So Tanganga's playing center back. Not great. He's a baby out there. He got himself a second yellow by diving into a tackle that he was never going to win. And from there, we conceded three goals. Not a great sign. However... 
some good things. Okay, there's one. Emerson Royal was a dead <laughs> deadline day signing. He looks athletic. He looks fun. And it gives me a slight suspicion for something I will reveal later regarding our game of the week. Ooh. Interesting. Dave. Liverpool. They played Leeds this past weekend. How did that go? We smoked him just like I said we would. So three no win. It happened. Nice. And unfortunately, there's another huge injury for them. Yeah. Big setback with the kid, Harvey Elliott himself. Uh, Pascal Stroke uh, took him out and dislocated his ankle. Ugly, ugly scene. Um, I guess Elliott wasn't uh, so upset about the challenge. You know, he said it wasn't a red card. So I think he's in a good headspace, you know, despite having a potentially season ending injury. He seems to be kind of optimistic about it. I'll bet you agree, uh, Dave. No, not at all. <laughs> Completely disagree. It was totally a red card, but, you know, happy with the mentality of the young player. You know, it's a good sign. Uh, we we're chatting a bit earlier, but it seems like this injury could range anywhere from three months to six months. So hopefully he'll be on the lower end of that because it would be great to have him back. Scary looking. If you're squeamish, do not look it up. Repeat. No, nope. yeah. not look it up. Yeah. It's, uh, Unless you want to see a foot pointing the wrong way. If you're into that stuff, this will be right up your alley. <laughs> Chelsea also played this weekend, obviously. They played Eston Villa, came away with a three to one victory, as we all knew they would. Lukaku had two goals because he is the man. Mm, and the dude. Yeah, really is. Dave, I'll let you rant here for a second because I know you have yeah. a lot to say. And then just a quick update no. on Pulisic. No, I was just going to say that he, I don't know, like he made Chelsea so much better. And it, yep. I don't know, they, they look phenomenal now. But uh, man, you did it better. So. Ooh. <laughs> Would have been the signing of the season and then Ronaldo. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> There's only one Ronaldo and only one Man U. So you do what you can, right? You get who you can get. It does make the Prem better. Like, it's just it awesome does. for him to be back at Man U. Secretly a fan of Man U, sort of. But it all started because of Ronaldo I being... It. I know. <laughs> it's, it's so bad. Like, but I actually... Like, score goals. Oh, my God. I just couldn't believe it because... As soon as he's on that team, like he's cleaning up, you know, anything that bounces off the keeper. He's so fast. Like it's just, it's incredibly like, I don't know. I don't want to whine about it, but like it just seems like it's unfair <laughs> because now you have this absolute stud player back on the squad with Bruno Fernandez, Paul Pogba. Both of them are looking really good. Yep. And then you have it surrounded by the young core as well. It's just wow. It's not good. Not good for Liverpool. Not good for anybody. <laughs> I don't know. And like, you, you got to remember Man City's still there too. Like, oh yeah. <laughs> like it's a nightmare now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we're the only team that doesn't have money that's in the top four. So it's, <laughs> what are we going to do? I don't know what to do anymore. They'll be fine. They'll find somebody cheap from somewhere over at Leipzig or Southampton. and We'll be back. So, you know. <laughs> 
I look forward to seeing all these teams play each other. Really oh, it's great. Yeah. Hey, yeah. that's a three-way tie for first. Although technically, mm-hmm. I guess, man, you would have the tiebreaker right now, but it's still going to yep. be tight. It's great for the yeah. Right. It's mm-hmm. going to be the t- those top four slots are going to just, those teams are going to be so good. Oh, it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, really quick, Kristen Pulisic, Captain America. Uh, he limped off the field uh, in the United States match against Honduras. Um, had a known ankle problem. He arrived in London on crutches. Um, Tuchel said three days ago that he was going to be sidelined for about 10 days. So it doesn't seem to be anything too serious. Um, but he has not uh, played for Chelsea yet this year, um, which... I'm very much looking forward to seeing, as is everyone else. Um, Conte is still out uh, as well. Um, he has an ankle issue as well. And Silva um, is another one. We're not sure if he's going to be available. Um, Chelsea refused to release him um, for Brazil's mm-hmm. uh, uh, World Cup qualifiers as yeah. well. Yeah. So more more info to come on that, but it seems like multiple clubs are having issues with players that wanted to leave, weren't allowed to leave, or in Tottenham's case, did leave anyway, um, <laughs> or the ones that did go uh, and play have knocks and are now coming back, need to get healthy before they can go. It's such a tight schedule. There's so yep. many games in such a little bit of time. Still some very good matches to come up, and thankfully, at least for Chelsea, very deep, very deep squad. We have people that can fill in. Good for you. It's nice to be rich. (laughs) All right. Looking ahead to next week. The game of the week. We're going back to the EPL. The match that we have chosen is... Tottenham versus Chelsea. Hotspurs versus the Blues. Let's go. Sunday, September 19th at 10.30 a.m. Come on, you Spurs. Said nobody. I said it. (laughs) I know. This is a great lead into uh, the the noon football game, so I'm pretty pumped. Got a very busy morning. Yes. It really will be. Don't forget to set your fantasy rosters, though. Yes. (laughs) Good reminder. I... Thankfully, I will have time to fully watch this before the Vikings play at, I'm pretty sure they're the three, either a three or three fifteen, three twenty five game uh, next week. So there will be a time for my heart rate to slow down between watching Chelsea and Tottenham battle it out and then watching the Vikings get destroyed by Kyler Murray and that offense. So let's move into the predictions. Dave, what are we? What are we thinking? Yeah, my super neutral perspective pick. Uh, <laughs> three to one Chelsea. Yeah. Bakeham is dead. Exposed against Crystal Ooh. Palace. Ooh. Uh, Chelsea are the second best team in the Prem. Ooh. So, yeah. That's Who's where I'm at. pick for first? Uh, it's Man U. I hate to say it right now. But, <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, yeah I could have guessed that. <laughs> I mean, did you watch that game? It like, was nasty. It's like, it was amazing. <laughs> I hate it, too. Like... I hate Man U. <laughs> I've been spending all these years being mad at the wrong Manchester team. 
and I forgot how much I hate them and how good they are. (laughs) This is what you needed to remind you. Yeah. Well, in similar fashion, I'm going to go two to one Chelsea. Why? I'm being nice. You're being nice. What? (laughs) I don't like that at all. I won't pour it on as a three to one, two to zero. I have a lot of respect for Ari Kain. And I'm surprised that they did not score against the Palace. So I would think they would put one in against Chelsea. If Aston Villa can do it, Tottenham can. Uh, So, but Chelsea... Chelsea will win the match for sure. Two to one. I think it'll be a dominant two to one though. Here's where I reveal my suspicion, given that we just purchased Emerson Royal and what I've seen him do. We have Serge Reguillon as well. We've got several center backs who are quite good. I think the more permanent move to a back three starts this week to sort of counteract what Chelsea does. And I think it totally neutralizes this game. And it will be a one-to-one final. Maybe Spurs can nick one goal late and make it a two-to-one. But one-to-one is my official prediction. And this early in the season, I'd be pretty happy with that. Tottenham is at home, too. So, got to factor that in a little bit as well. It's a nice-looking stadium. I'll give you that. That's true. (laughs) Other games that are happening this week. Chicago Fire. At DC United, Wednesday, September 15th at 6.30. We touched on that already. Red Stars? Nope, not on the schedule. Not back until September 25th. The U.S. women's national team, however, is playing Paraguay Thursday, September 16th the day at 6.30. That is why the Red Stars are not playing this week. Basically, a Carly Lloyd send-off game will be uh, fun to see her hopefully run rampant and score a bunch of goals. Really hope so. Would be a very fun send-off for her. Champions League is back, Ooh. baby. Ooh. Games on Tuesday and Wednesday. So by the time you're hearing this, those will have happened. Hope you watch them. Man, what great games. Gosh. Yes. Here they are. Although, again, by the time you're hearing this, these have already happened. But if you want to go back and watch highlights... Here you go. Barcelona versus Bayern Tuesday. Chelsea versus Zenit on Tuesday. Inter Milan versus Real Madrid Wednesday. Liverpool versus Milan Wednesday. Mm -hmm. No chance for Premier League clubs this week. No shot. No chance. (laughs) (laughs) Get out of here. Just maximum I'm laughing, salt but someone I, not in the I always Champions League. <laughs> I'm laughing, uh, but I don't know why it's funny. I would bet that the Premier League's teams all win. Convincingly, that, actually. That my <laughs> guess. Because Zenit, remind me, Zenit is the best team in Russia. Mm-hmm. Okay. And Milan, just not, not as good as... It used to be really good. The PL team in, used to be. In Italy, okay. but I don't know where they kind of lie anymore. It'll be the first time I've watched Milan play in quite some time. Okay. I don't know if Zlatan is fully healthy yet, but I That's right. he's going to knock Zlatan in you. three. <laughs> <Get out of here>. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Defense is too good for that now. <laughs> Other Champions League thoughts? You know, I think Liverpool are going to win their group. I think Chelsea will win their group. 
I don't know. I don't know who who comes out on top uh, in the group of death. City, PSG, or Leipzig? Oof. You got I a mean, completely retooled PSG. Yeah, I mean the vote, the easy vote is PSG. However, Champions League they always tend to blow it a little bit. <laughs> so yeah, they maybe do. not. Uh, I hmm. mean, City though don't have it quite clicking just yet. That's true too. A little slow right now. Slow starters. It's gonna be a great game. Mm-hmm. Cannot wait. Yeah. Love me some Champions League. Other games happening outside of Champions League, outside of the MLS, outside of the EPL. Ligue 1, PSG versus Lyon, Sunday, September 19th at 1.45 p.m. Serie A, Milan versus Juventus, who we just talked about earlier. Sunday, September 19th at 1.45 p.m. as well. So... Two more matches. Goes well for Liverpool. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) As always, thank you for listening. Please go find us on Instagram, Windy City Wingers. Follow us there. Check in. Drop in plenty of posts. There's also a link to our Patreon. More information to come soon on our Patreon. Share that. Follow us. You can also email us at windycitywingers.info at gmail.com with thoughts, feedback, ideas, things you like, things you don't like, questions for us. Would love to do another mailbag segment. Send in your questions. Brady, for those that want to reach out directly to you, where can they find you? I am at stat underscore bro on Twitter. And Instagram, I am at BradTheBard13. Yeah, and Dave, how about yourself? I am WCWDave on both Twitter and Instagram. Love it. Love y'all. Thank you, listeners. Thanks for tuning in each and every week. We look forward to getting inside of your ears next week as well. Heck yeah. Kulabali. Kulabali. Kulabali.